God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And with those great words from John chapter 3 and verse number 16, we introduce another Bright Spot Hour gospel broadcast. I'm your radio preacher, Ben Carper, Mrs. Garrett with us at the beautiful Hammond, Oregon. To begin the Bright Spot Hour today, I think you'll enjoy this song, Learning to Lean. that's the greatest thing a born-again believer can learn to do is to walk with the Lord, to trust the Lord, and to lean upon the Lord for His grace and mercy, His protection and direction in our own lives. And can I exhort you today, my dear friend, as you hear the Bright Spot Hour, to do exactly that. The Lord does no wrong. He will always do right by His people and by believers. And may God help us and enable us to lean on the Lord Jesus. This brings us to prayer time today. And if you have the opportunity, let's stop what we're doing and have a season of prayer together. Our Father, we thank Thee for the opportunity to pray. We thank Thee, Father, for the Lord Jesus who hears our prayer and who answers it. And Lord, we don't ask amiss. We don't want to pray foolishly. But I do ask, Lord, on behalf of our friends today that hear the Bright Spot Hour, you know their particular need, you know the individual needs that they have. Father, I pray for housewives today that hear the broadcast. I pray that you'd encourage them there in the home. We pray for fathers, the breadwinner trying to earn a living, trying to provide for his family. I pray, Lord, you'd encourage him. His body may be weary, his back may be tired. The load of life and the responsibility upon him may be weighting him down. We ask of the Lord that you would help him and strengthen him in a definite way that the Savior should be glorified. I pray for our dear preacher brethren. I pray smile upon them and use them to the glory of Christ and encourage them in their local churches. Now, Father, help us to be faithful to Thee as we labor in the Word, in Jesus' name, Amen.
as you and I walk with the Lord and we learn to lean upon Him, we discover that the Lord does no wrong. We understand that everything the Lord does is always right and always righteous. Well, Mrs. Garrett's going to play a wonderful song for us now at the beautiful Vibra Harp. I think you'll enjoy Work for the Night is Coming. May the Lord help us to recognize that the night is coming and our day of service and opportunity for the Lord will soon pass us by. May the Lord help us to be faithful in using the time and the hours that we have and investing them for His glory. At the beautiful piano, Mrs. Garrett is going to play another wonderful song about our Lord and about our relationship to Him, Longing for Jesus.
Now your Bibles are open with me, please, to the Gospel of John, chapter number 10. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, and verse 36, on the bright spot hour today. Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified, and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. Today on the broadcast, I'd like to deal with the matter of sanctification, try to define with the Lord's help, what is sanctification? The Bright Spot Hour is a work of faith and labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable this door of radio broadcasting to remain open. And here we are now on the 28th day of February. Today and tomorrow and the month of February 2024 will be over with. That's hard for me to comprehend. But I appreciate those of you that have had a part with the work of the Bright Spot Hour. You have labored with me in word and in doctrine. I am grateful for the faithful support that has come in for the radio. I appreciate that in a definite way. I've been making available during February my grandfather's sermon number 51 on the battle of Gog and Magog. The battle of Gog and Magog. Sermon 51, you write and request your copy of this good sermon uh, dealing with the invasion of Israel by uh, uh, Gog and Magog, Meshach and Tubal, Ezekiel 38. And I'm positive that it'll be a help to you, especially in the light of the things that are transpiring in the world today in the Middle East. It is $10. The message will come on a compact disc. They are available for $10. I make available my grandfather's book on the church, 286-page volume on the doctrine of the church. One reason that I'm making this available, there are two messages in the content of this book, one one by W.D. Harvey, Baptist in History. This was originally published in 1892. Then second, by Chester Tolga, Baptists are not Protestants. Why the Baptists did not cooperate with the Reformation and refused Reformation doctrine. I'll be glad to send the book, The Doctrine of the Church, and also the booklet, Blessed Assurance, or How May I Know I Am Saved. I'll send both to you at one time for a gift in support of the radio of $20. Our mailing address, The Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box Number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, Dr. at yahoo.com. Let me encourage you to find Ben Carper or the Bright Spot Hour on social media at Rumble, Getter, Facebook, YouTube, and X. I move forward today dealing with the meaning of of sanctification. On the program yesterday, I dealt with the matter of sanctification. There were a number of wonderful things that you and I uh, saw that I think were of definite interest to us in the study of God's Word. I pointed out that sanctification deals with our state. Justification deals with our standing. In justification, we are declared righteous so that in sanctification we might become righteous. Justification is what God does for us, while sanctification is 
what God does in us. Justification puts us into a right relationship with God legally, while sanctification exhibits the fruit of that relationship experientially in a life that is separated from a sinful world and dedicated unto God. Justification makes us safe, while sanctification makes us sound. Now, those things are vitally important. When I left the radio yesterday, toward the end of the broadcast, I pointed out the matter of positional sanctification. Now, in this area of sanctification, you and I deal with both a positional sanctification and an area of practical sanctification. Every born-again child of God is positionally in Jesus Christ. We have that in our justification. So the matter of justification gives to me what the theologians call positional sanctification. I have that because of justification. Positional sanctification views man from a legal perspective. Uh, Christ has died for my sin. I have received the death of Jesus Christ as the payment for my sin. Recognizing that Christ has dealt with my sin in his death, burial, and resurrection, and has risen from the dead, my sin will never be, uh, I'll never have to deal with or face the matter of sin again. It is truly done away with. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. That is positional sanctification. Now in the matter of practical sanctification, I now begin to live out in a practical way in the course of my life what God positionally has done in me in the new birth. Uh, this kind of illustrates the point. It might be a crude illustration, but I think it illustrates the point. You see a man that, I mean, he looks like a derelict. I mean, he's dressed like a vagabond. And, uh, I mean, tattered clothes, hasn't bathed for a month. And, and you, uh, you say, well, I'll follow this man either to Skid Row or he's living in the woods in a cardboard box or he's living under a bridge along the interstate highway. And you follow the man and you discover the man dressed totally like a vagabond, gets into a, a Rolls-Royce automobile, and he pulls away in that Rolls-Royce automobile. And you say, well, this is odd. And you follow him uh, to the uh, wealthy section of town and up to a gated community, and he drives through the gate and, and uh, pulls up in front of a very large estate. And you say, well, the man must be one of the servants here at the estate. But the man gets out and goes up on the front porch and goes in the front door of the house. And you make some inquiry and you discover that the man lives there. He owns the house. He paid cash for it. He owns the house outright. Now, though positionally, the man is a multimillionaire and is the owner and heir of everything you've observed, Practically, the man's practice does not match the position that the man would have. The practice does not match 
the position. Some years ago, I had to have a surgery done on my thumb. I accidentally cut the end of my thumb off at the base of the thumbnail and, uh, and praise the Lord for the surgeon. The surgeon was able to fix it, and I'm glad he did. And, but I, and I commented to my wife, every time I was in the office with that surgeon, and he did an excellent job with my surgery. I have no complaint about it. He did an excellent job. But every time I was in his office, the man used improper grammar. His grammar was very poor. And, and he didn't speak to me like a man that had a college degree and then had a master's degree and then was an MD, a medical doctor, and a graduate of the medical school of South Carolina. And, and I, I mean, the evidences, I look at it every day, what the man uh, did in correcting and repairing my thumb. But if you talk to the man on the phone, you would walk away and say, is that man a medical doctor or not? Because his grammar and his, the usage of, of his grammar when he spoke to me did not match a man that was a surgeon, a man that uh, performed uh, surgeries, hand surgeries on individuals. So, the born-again believer has sanctification. We have a positional sanctification, and I have that in Jesus Christ, period. I have that because I have been born again. I have that because Christ died for my sins according to the Scriptures. I have that because I am in Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ is in me. On the other hand, we have the area of practical sanctification. And that is where the conduct of my life, the behavior of my life matches my profession of faith. Now, you would think that, uh, I, I say I'm a preacher, I've been preaching 42 years. I answered the call to preach back in 19, in fact, I've been, uh, soon will be preaching longer than that. I answered the call to preach in February of 1982, that was 40 uh, years ago, that I answered the call to preach. And you would think that, that after all of these years, uh, 42 years of preaching, that you could talk to me about the Bible, and that I would be able to converse with you intelligently concerning the Scriptures. And I, I've been selling real estate since uh, 1993 for 31 years. I've had my real estate license, and I'm a broker here in South Carolina, real estate broker. And you would think that if you began talking to me, that I could talk to you reasonably about real estate law, about real property law, about uh, not only how to put a sign up, but but how to market a piece of property, how to discuss and deal with the legal aspects of a piece of property, how to uh, be able to close and transfer title on complex uh, properties and, and complex situations, you would expect me to have some working knowledge of that. I tell you I'm a Christian, and that I've been saved since 1971, and you immediately expect that the conduct of my life, the vocabulary and the language I use and the way that I conduct myself would 
would match uh, my profession of faith, that, that the way I live and the manner of my life would be in agreement with the words of my mouth. We say, well, he not only did he talk the talk, but he walked the walk. That is precisely what I'm trying to drive at. That is precisely what I'm trying to say. It's, it's more than just being able to talk the language, but is the individual able to walk the walk? Now, that is part of the area of sanctification. Now, as the believer grows in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, there should be a continual development of the born-again believer. There should be a continual development in the matter of sanctification. No baby is born full-grown, and no uh, a sinner is saved fully matured. There, there is a time of development a time of growth in the grace of God. There should be in the life of the born-again child of God, as they try to walk with the Lord, they have uh, daily devotions, they read the Bible. The, the best thing that ever happened to me was when I was 16 years old. I became a systematic, regular Bible reader. And I have no idea the name of the man. But I was in a Kmart department store in 1982 and uh, and I was I was there talking and I think this man was a student at Bob Jones might have been a faculty member at Bob Jones University at that time and uh, we were talking about the Bible and talking about various things and he made this statement to me and I it I have never forgotten it 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 had a it changed my life I hear a lot of people say oh, boy I did this and it changed my life well this was a life-changing experience and he said to me, you will never be the Christian you ought to be. And you will never have the Christian life you ought to have until you begin reading the Bible daily and systematically. You become a daily, systematic Bible reader. And I immediately, I was 16 years old, and I immediately began reading the Bible. I gave myself to the matter of Bible reading. And now for 42 years, I have read the Bible systematically, every day, day after day, time after time, over and over, back through the Bible, back through the Bible, back through the Bible again. And truly, it has changed my life. It has changed my ministry. I would not have the ministry that I have with the Bright Spot Hour and out in my meetings had not that man, and I have no idea, I'll find out when I get to heaven who he was, I have no idea who that man was. I, I, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup today if my life depended on it. But I have never forgotten what he said to me. He was like the voice crying in the wilderness. And I have never forgotten what he said. As the believer gives themselves to Bible reading and prayer, they give themselves to private devotion. And they give themselves to attendance in the local assembly. You and I have a privilege and a responsibility to be found in the local church worshiping with other believers and worshiping with the saints. And there will be a, a, a progressive development of maturity. There'll be 
almost like a child takes in nourishment and nutrition. And we stand back and say, my, how they have grown. And the same thing, you need spiritual nourishment and spiritual nutrition to grow the new man that is born again and created in Christ Jesus. Now, my time has gotten away from me on the broadcast today, but the Lord willing, I will be back with you on tomorrow. You've been listening to the Bright Spot Hour, transcribed and conducted by Dr. Ben Carper. Check out the website at thebrightspothour.com. Write Dr. Carper at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. This is Mark Ferguson reminding you to tune in the Bright Spot Hour tomorrow, same time, same station, same gospel. Good morning. Good morning.